Hello, everybody, and welcome to Water Wine Time with Megan Weaver. Love, life, and entertainment. I have Lydia Martinelli with me today, who is a writer. Oh, she's peeking in. The Periscope raised up those shades. <laughs> who is a writer, director, producer. She has done post editing for E Entertainment. She's director. She's directed commercials, writing a TV pilot, consultant for NBC, and has worked on a Christmas movie with or, or uh, with starring Mariah Carey. The very talented Mariah Carey. I love her. She's fabulous. Oh my gosh, I love her. So if you can get her to sing at my wedding, I know we discussed this, so I'm not going to be mad at you if you, if you, you know, have that worked out, you know. I think we can trick her into singing at your wedding. Yeah. I think she's singing at the Grammys or something. Oh, oh, I like that. I like that. You know what the place that we have in mind to actually shoot our wedding is going to be, they've shot stuff there. So we can just tell her it's a pickup scene for the Christmas thing and maybe she'll, she won't know. Done. Yes, you heard it first. It's happening. Mariah Carey is going to be singing at my wedding, and I love her. I love her. So, because it is water wine time, I think it's only appropriate that we cheers. Cheers. Yes, show, show it for the people on Periscope. They're actually there. Look, there's people. They're, they're like, oh, wait, she has a face. Look, they see her face. I'm a bit shy. She's a little camera shy. So, um, you know, that's a uh, key word. I said writer, director, producer. I didn't put actor on there. So I guess that's why she's a little little camera shy. Guys. Just, a, just a little bit. So yeah. just listen. Listen to her. And her hand might be in the shot, too. So you might see her hand. You know, might see the pillow. Maybe the sunglasses. Um, yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, a little shade <laughs> in there. So what is... Well, let's talk about your drink, too. Because it is water and wine time. I want people to know. I do provide beverages for my guest. And I have wine. Only fitting. Because, you know... It is wine time, but you have a margarita. I am an avid lover of the taste and the smell of tequila. Mm. And Grand Marier has such a great flavor, and it just tops off a really good Cadillac margarita. Mm. So I am drinking a Cadillac margarita. It's delicious. Megan, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And you know what? Because you said tequila, we have, and I'm going to grab it just for those of you guys that are watching. You can see this. Uh, rewind this okay I want to say this is the I guess the strongest or I don't know it's like a fancy bottle from Mexico I have to ask my fiance once we're done what this bottle is but this is like a real legit straight from Mexico not to say like other tequila isn't from Mexico because it is but maybe you'll sample this too I love that just so we could try it so that's what it looks like guys it's like fancy because it's like gold plated and stuff I may be taking that bottle. You know what? When I have really gorgeous liquor bottles, I end up putting dish detergent in it and a spout to keep on the kitchen sink. You know what? Someone else I know did something like that, too. And I was wondering, I was like, where is the dish soap? Like, and she's like, oh, it's right there. I was like, no, but that says Grey Goose. Like, it looks like spoiled Grey Goose. It looks like spoiled Grey Goose. And I was like, well, okay. Well, why do you have spoiled Grey Goose in your... By your kitchen sink. But whatever. Now I realize it was soap and it washed my hands. You have to get the right color detergent. Mm. That's the trick. But I feel like the bottle has to match too because, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm having a bottle that's, you know, white, then you can't really see it. Or I feel like it has to be clear or, or something. So it's Or something. I, I that agree. looks, you know what I mean? Like it looks aesthetically pleasing to look at. Yes. You know? So, all right. Du- duly noted. So maybe I'll do that. <laughs> she's playing around with her angles over here and trying to figure out where what looks best her I don't know she's like actually having a photo shoot I'm looking for that money shot yeah so but let's do it for here are we doing it for this one too for the 
people that are watching there's people watching hey. me oh they're like oh see look guys I'm not talking to myself on Periscope they're like where is she here we go see look she gave you an eye uh, so for those of you guys, let's go ahead and just dig right into it you know okay um, we're just gonna dig into that um, yeah I taking sips I'm gonna have another sip too oh so you have worked on um, the very popular I guess now they call them the first family yeah, so the first family of America, or the U.S., as um, certain magazines like to call them, the Kardashians, <laughs> and worked on the show I Am Kate. What is it like working with the Kardashians? Are they just as heightened as what people see them to be? Are they more mellow? What is it like? Well, it was more Bruce Jenner turning into um, Caitlyn Jenner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And sometimes one of the Kardashian members came to set. But working on that show, um, it was the first time that I ever experienced working in top secrecy. Mm. Keeping a secret, hiding her, putting her on certain planes. And um, I did have the opportunity to meet a few of the Kardashians. And I would have to say they're very kind, loving people. Uh, my favorite is Chloe. Mm-hmm. She keeps it as real as real can get. And I like her. Hmm. I, I would hang out with her. Okay. That's good. So, but they are, you, like you said, they're very just down to earth. So it's like a real family. They're down to with, earth. Like, with their own, of course, their own quirks and only issues. Because no family is perfect. Major issues, but I do think they may get more slack because of how they were introduced to the industry because of a sex tape of mm-hmm. one of the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. So I've never, that's never really bothered me. I see them as individuals, but like I said, I, I didn't get a chance to meet the entire family, but the individuals who I met, I like them. Hmm. I, they're down to earth. They have issues. They have problems just like everybody else. And they're very humble in people. Hmm. You now, know. why do you think everything is kept so secretive? Is it because it is a reality show or is it just that they want their lives and certain things to be private? Well, the show I Am Kate, um, because Bruce Jenner at the time was going through their transition, it was important to hide the transition because I think at one time price tag for a photo of Kate Jenner was close to either $100,000 or two hundred or a quarter of a million. And... Because of the transition, she wanted to come at come out at her time space mm-hmm. instead of when she wasn't ready. So I think that's why there was a lot of secrecy, you know, putting the show together. It was only eight episodes. It was a limited series. Um, you can catch it on On Demand. I'm sure they'll probably run it again, but there's no second episode. And if it is, um, it's definitely time for me to move on. Mm-hmm. You're like, that show, that, you're done working with that particular project. <laughs> If they it's, it's, something it's, it's very, it was, it was a challenging show. It was mm-hmm. very challenging. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you get into the world of working in reality TV shows? You know, it kind of just fell into my lap because generally I'll work from gig to gig. And if someone can meet my salary requirement and I'm interested in it, then let's seal the deal. Mm-hmm. You know, I am Kate was that was, um, I would have to say, one of my first. Um, 
I do like reality television because I think that is the future. I know people that work in narrative television, they have a tendency to turn their nose down to reality, but reality is really the future. Mm-hmm. It is really taking over narrative television. I mean, you can't compete. I mean, my favorite shows are on HBO and Showtime, but everybody needs a touch of that crazy drama of reality mm-hmm. television. Whether we share that we watch it or not, we're all closet reality lovers. I Sometimes I really do think that. <laughs> I mean, I'll admit, I watch reality shows. Now, do I binge watch? You know, of course... I mean, well, there are some shows... Okay, I'll admit, this is my guilty pleasure, and I, I don't think I've mentioned the show, but I watched The Jersey Shore. I binge-watched <laughs> that show. And I was like, man, I don't think I've ever watched binge-watched a reality show. What is your favorite reality show? Okay, and well... Maybe it's a little different because you're working in them, but what's your favorite maybe to watch and your favorite that you've worked on, I guess, on the other side? Well, I worked in International Post at E! and... You you don't want to watch those shows. I would say during the holiday season, my favorite show to binge watch when it comes to reality television mm-hmm. would be The Real Housewives. Which one? Because you know there's so many. <laughs> you can't just say all of them because you don't binge watch all of them. You can't. I have a I I love Lisa Renna of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because she mm-hmm. keeps it real. Um, I would have to say the real house, can't even speak the real housewives of Atlanta. I like Portia. She keeps Mm. it real. She keeps it realistic. She keeps it honest. And those are my favorite characters of those two shows. I can be, especially, um, Beverly Hills because there's so much drama Mm. because I've eliminated drama from my life. So watching other people's, uh, it's kind of funny. Anyway, I think that's why people watch reality shows, you know, because it is, you know, like, wow, my life isn't that crazy or, you know, that mm-hmm. heightened or sometimes it is. And you're just like, wow, OK, I'm not the only one that has this kind of craziness going on, you know? Exactly. Now, since you're doing post, you get to see some of the stuff that not everybody else gets to see. You know, do you start watching these characters, or these not these characters, because they're real people, you know, and then do you feel yourself judging or thinking about them in a different way that maybe you wouldn't have thought of them like you know for example certain celebrities now they're on these shows and now mm-hmm. they're not playing the actresses or playing the musicians but it's their real mm-hmm. life i would say i don't want to pinpoint certain shows because every show's got an nda oh yeah of course know about those non-disclosure um i would have to say there was one show in particular that really just got on my nerves because in post you're watching the entire episode after episode and in international post you're not on one show you're on 10 plus shows and i truly believe that there's a thing called unnecessary family drama Mm. and you do see that on some of the shows that i was working on definitely which makes me want to just crawl back to narrative because you know i was over at dreamworks um in development which I miss, Mm. you know, reading really good, solid scripts. So I would, I wouldn't say no to reality television. I am, you know, working on certain projects in the reality realm, in the development phase, which I'm not not able to talk about yet, but, um, could see me dipping into reality television. Mm. Okay. Wait, are you saying like you'd have be in the front of the camera? Are you going to have... 
creating you, it. Oh, I was creating like, wait, it. are we just putting it out there? Is this live? <laughs> Is this like exclusive of you having your own reality show? I was a creator. Okay. Creator. Creator. Okay. There's, you know, I can't really talk, touch too much mm-hmm. on it, but I, I think it's a really clever idea. Okay. So you, oh, you have an idea that you want to have as to create a reality show. Um, someone came to me and we're working together on it and I'm, I'm really psyched about it. Mm. So we have a lot of work to do with that, you know, to see if it's, it's for me, it's for them, but you know, can't talk too much about it, Mm -hmm. but I, I'm, it's straight up my alley. Very mm-hmm. up my alley, mm-hmm. down my street, in my house, in my driveway. <laughs> it's like it's, it's all like, up in your business. It's like, all up in my business. It's up in my jock, you know. <laughs> it's, it's up in my jock. It's mine. It's mine. It's in my space, so it belongs yeah. to you. And then hopefully, this other person. I mean, that's an intimate space. So I'm like, if this person is close to you, then you know this could be a next, another project for you. Um, now with that, uh, do 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 I was just thinking. Um, oh, going back to NDA. So Mm -hmm. for those that don't know what NDA is, I know we've dabbled on it before, but what is NDA and why do people have it? NDA is a non-disclosure agreement and sometimes it's overused. For instance, if someone's a writer and they're new to medium in the game, they want everyone to sign a non-disclosure before they read their script. A non-disclosure just means you can't have a conversation about that script with anyone else. But we all talk about everybody's script with everyone. And I mean, just to piggyback on a non-disclosure, in this industry, we want to work and collaborate with people. Mm -hmm. So stealing an idea after you've signed an NDA, it's, it's it's, it's almost non-existent now because you end up collaborating with so many people, you don't want to screw someone by taking someone's idea to a studio, but that just really doesn't happen anymore. It may have happened with the matrix and who knows if that host, you know, that whole talk on social media, who knows if it was true, if it was not because everyone who owned matrix had the power to keep it off of the news. So did this lady really write the matrix? I'm not saying yes or no, Mm. but when you write something and your heart is there, you do take precautions to protect your script. You go to the Writers Guild, you can go to the, um, the, copyright, op- the library copyright, uh, uh, copyright office in D.C. to protect it. But that's a mental protection. Mm-hmm. You have to be careful who you give your script to. A lot of people give their scripts to their friends to read. Why? Because if they're not a professional in the industry as a reader or to know how to pull out projects, they're going to give their personal opinion versus their professional opinion on how to make it better. So when it comes to a non-disclosure, it's basically protecting the person who's giving the script to someone saying, please don't discuss my script with other people, but people do it all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it, it comes to, I guess, a respect level in the industry to not discuss certain projects. But sometimes people go too far with an NDA. Really, they do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I have this idea. Can you sign this NDA? You know, that's, I mean, that's like extreme. But it's like, okay, really? But that's the huge problem. Nobody owns an idea. We can be talking about ideas for days. If I write a script and I submit it or, or I go get it protected... 
you can't sue me because I took your idea. If you have an idea, you keep that. Can I say a bad word? You can, yeah, be yeah. <laughs> if, if you have an idea, you keep that shit to yourself or you share that with people who you trust, who's going to get you to the next level. Mm-hmm. So NDA, okay, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, thank you for clearing that up because I know, you know, like I said, there are some people that listen and that follow. They're very new or very green to this business and they're like, you know, asking certain questions. So I'm glad whenever I hear something that someone says that might not be as clear to, you know, someone who's not a veteran or in the business deep that they'll, you know, be able to understand. Now, I also mentioned or you told me that you're writing a pilot. Yes. Now, I wonder, that's separate, something separate from the reality idea, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Now, where did you find this idea? Where did this idea to start to come to write this pilot? How did it start for you? Uh, this pilot came about a few years ago. Um, I, when it comes to murder, power, sex, and drugs, and organized crime, that's where you're going to find Lydia Martinelli. Okay. Because <laughs> that trips my trigger. It keeps my eye on the screen. What's going to happen next? Um, I have a writing partner on this one. And... I always go towards subjects that haven't been done before, or so I like to think. Mm -hmm. And when you go for projects like that, you have so much research to do because it's a nationality that I'm not. So you have to throw yourself into that type of research. And I can't get too much into it, Mm -hmm. but... um, I'm on a writing deadline to deliver the first draft and I commit two hours a day writing. And if I miss a day, I spread those two hours out during the week because a writer writes, a writer doesn't say they're writing a writer writes. And that's the big difference of calling yourself and being a writer is that you write. Mm -hmm. I feel like that reigns true with pretty much anything in business, you know, or mm-hmm. in the entertainment. If you're saying that you do something, you do it. Well, I mean, so do, you know, I mean, I don't want to say people are talkers, but this industry is is a very difficult industry. You have mm-hmm. to be clever and you have to be a few steps ahead of the game. And when you are, you succeed. You have to do the work. You have to do the work. Period. People don't want to do the work. People come to me all the time. Can you do this? You have to do the work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Now, once you're done writing, I know you said you have a deadline. Do you have yes. networks? Do you have someone that, you know, where you want the final project to end up going for someone to pick it up? Or where's your deadline? Do you have a person already at a studio? Well, my deadline is approaching and I already got an extension. Thank you very much. Amen. Baby Jesus. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we, we are at one production company. Um, that have, that actually gave me the deadline, which I asked for my extension. So, um, I have to deliver the script to this production company, which has contracts with the studio, which is, which is kind of a better way to go. Because if a studio backs a particular production company, then the road towards getting a greenlit is a better road to take. As opposed to you just doing, going to the studio, you have a production company. Well, you usually don't go to... Well, it depends because this was... I don't want to say this was picked up, but this had an interest interest, um, during pitch season. And 
I had a of this year of this year. Okay. I had a great meeting, and you know, I thought my pitching skills still needed work, but I'm told my pitch was great, and they called me back. They were very interested in the characters. Like they they felt the characters were sitting right next to them, and that's. That's like a wet dream for anyone to say, I feel like your characters are sitting right next to me. So, you know, I got into the parking lot, yelled and screamed. Um, So I am actually working on that as well. I'm always writing. I'm always writing. Either editing a page a day, moving on to the next phase. I I love creating stories. Mm -hmm. And then your your genre would be... Murder, power, sex, and drugs. I like to <laughs> narrow it that down. I love it because it's so specific too. Like it's a title in itself. And it's like I've never heard someone say that. It's like uh, really no. Murder, power, sex, and drugs. Those are the four excellent elements of watching a movie. One of my favorite movies is Trafficked mm. and um, Traffic and The Godfather, and they have those four four elements. But another element would be conspiracy or organized crime. I think organized crime. I think I think the mafia never would have been caught if they never killed anyone. Because when you kill mm-hmm. people, then you have the law enforcement coming into it trying to figure it out. So mafia wasn't that smart to kill people. Hmm. So that's why. But I love that organized crime. Take me through a story. I don't know what's on the next page. Blow my mind. I like those kind of... I love those kind of storytelling. I love action. I love crime, but I like a, a underlying story with a top story. I always say when I'm writing a material plot, two subplots, a twist and a U-turn. Those are my kind of movies. <laughs> you said a twist and a U-turn up the hill. You go back. Then there's like a downfall and then you're like, well, where am I? And then you suck into a hole and then you ring the doorbell. Yeah. Those are my And you're like, how did I get here? How did I get here? Like, what is this? Where am I? And wait, is it even me? Oh, it's not even me anymore. And then the credits roll. (laughs) And you're like, what just happened? (laughs) But honestly, in my opinion, that's interesting. Visually, it makes it different. It's very clear. You know, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, you know, that's why I said for, you know, your genre, it's like, oh, I do drama, I do drama, I do comedy, I do romantic comedy, I do action, but it's so specific and it's very clear. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what people need to do as well when they're thinking of that, you know, or their style or something that they're interested in or writing or where is your specific? I'll say my but specific not- is drama. It's not sci-fi. It's not comedy. And I know people don't want to put themselves into a hole in a corner. I'm in a hole. I'm drama. <laughs> I'm in a hole. I'm in a hole. Drama, crime. Now you're speaking my language, Mm -hmm. you know, but you know, you know what I mean? You know, I know that's what you're interested in. That's what you like doing, you know, I like doing and I like researching it to do it properly. I remember I worked on one film and we were shooting, um, we were shooting firearms. Mm -hmm. It was important for me to take the actors to the firing range to know properly how to hold a weapon Mm -hmm. because James Bond does not hold it right. He Mm -hmm. holds it up. What a lot of people don't know, James Bond holds his gun up, which in the filmmaking world, you get the hedge, you get the, you get that close up and the gun. Well, watch television. Law and Order is probably one of the only shows where the guns are held down. Bond is up to get the visual look. But if the, if the gun went up, gunpowder is in his eye. The gun blocks peripheral vision, so I'm all about authenticity when it comes to filmmaking. 
Mm-hmm. So taking actors to the firing range was very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's believability too. If you think about it, you mm-hmm. know, if someone doesn't have certain skill sets and you want them to shoot something, then they're going there and it's not believable. It's not believable. So that was, you know, I out of pocket for that, but it was important that the actors felt what a gun felt like to shoot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we didn't have real guns on set. Yeah. We didn't have real guns on set. Oh, look at She graced her case. What just happened? <laughs> I love it. Uh, so what was your, I know you're talking about that particular film. What was the a project that you worked on that you're most proudest of? Or that you enjoyed the most? The, I think I'm going to have, oh, there's two. There's, you could say both. There's Dying to Live and then there's Nose Candy. Because Nose Candy was born because I needed to do a pickup shot for another film, which turned into an entire film, which turned into multiple awards. Uh, that's, who's mad? Who, no one's ever <laughs> mad about multiple awards? It was, I, it was an opportunity because I worked with nothing but friends. Mm. They were all friends and we had a great time. That was my favorite. Another favorite was Dying to Live, which is based in Atlanta, where we shot in Los Angeles, mm. which is when we went to Hollywood and Highland to shoot a subway scene while the police were arresting someone. And we had the actors running through uh, the subway. Uh, but the best part is two of the actors basically had headscarves on, which someone could take as a scary situation, but I had a great time doing that. And no one got arrested. No one got arrested. So the cops weren't there. For oh you my guys. god! I remember one scene. We were in. We were in uh, an alleyway, right behind a medicinal place that mm-hmm. sold marijuana. And there was this van with this lady in there who didn't speak English. Mm. And I had said, so the actress had FBI jackets on, and there was a helicopter hovering above us. So it just looks odd to the people working at the medicinal place. Oh god! So we went up to the lady in the van and we said. Hey, can we get in your van and just come out? We're just shooting this, you know, this, this, we're shooting a film right now. So you see, you see the actors jump out of the van in FBI jackets and the lady's husband comes around and it just looks like the helicopter's hovering. Only Lydia Martinelli, only on the Lydia Martinelli film. Uh, And the guy from the medicinal place comes out. Uh, is everything okay? I'm like, oh no, no, we're fine. We're good. And I neglected to remember of actors with jackets just say FBI, FBI on them. I'm saying, oh no, we're good, we're good. I'm like, oh, we're filming. It was, it was that was fun. That was fun because in 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 the film world, you do what you got to do when you're on a shoestring budget. Mm. So that was fun. And that poor guy at the medicinal <laughs> place is probably shitting bricks right now, or not then, you know. He was really scared because I noticed that he peeked out of the window. He peeked out of another window. He peeked out of another window. He peeked out of the door. And then he really thought he was in trouble because at the same time, there was a helicopter hovering. And I didn't put two and two together. All I thought is, get the shot. Get the shot. Get the shot. So that was fun, too. (laughs) But nose candy. That was was working with friends. And that was... that I had a great time. That was fun. Mm, that's always good. When you're working with a good group of people that you enjoy working with because they're friends, you know? Because you're friends. You're, yeah. you're friends. You're friends and you're having a good time. 
Then on the flip side, of course, there's the great projects. <laughs> but then on the latter, you know, there's the ones that you're like, uh, when do we rap again? <laughs> yeah. There are those. Yeah, there, there are those. <laughs> there are those. Now, what was that experience like and what did you learn from it? I learned... I did a film a couple of years ago. I won't say which one, but I would say don't take anything personal. It's, and I don't want to say it's all about the business. The relationship between an actor and a director is you really have to maintain a solid relationship. If you see it, you know, going a direction that's not going to benefit either one of you or the production, fix it. Mm. I've learned to swallow my pride and my ego left and right over the last couple of years. But if I could take it back, I would have fixed the situation because I haven't, I haven't spoken to the actor since. And we were friends and he's Mm -hmm. such a talented actor, but I would, I would take it. I, I would, I would approach the situation so much differently now. So it was an, it was an issue with an actor that you had. I wouldn't say it was an issue. I would say, I don't know what I would say. Um, it was an awkward, it, you know what? I don't know what happened. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but I know that my response could have been different. You know, I, I could have went, I, my response could have definitely been different. And this is while you were in production? Um, after. After, okay. After, after. I mean, I think we all have an opportunity to, to fix something if you want it fixed. And just looking back, I would have fixed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of just let it go and just be something yeah. that you thought of. I mean, because just... as, as we grow, we look back at situations that's, that have made us grow and handle things differently because the industry it's, it's a tough business Mm -hmm. and you want everyone on your team. And I would have approached this differently. 100%. -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) She did it again. She did it it again. I'm shy. I'm shy. I'm shy. Oh, you peeking. Hey. Peeking in. Hey. Let's go back to your first paid gig. Now you are working in this crazy business of the entertainment, you know, uh, TV film world. How were you? Were uh, you like a chicken with your head cut off? No, I was were pretty... kind of cool and collected? I was pretty good. Um, the agent I had at the time, I was with her as a writer, and I told her, I want to direct. She goes, go out and direct something. I'm like, okay, fine. I went and directed three shorts hmm. with my money. From that... I got my first gig, which was second unit director for Laughlin, Nevada Tourist Board. It was amazing because the shot list was already done when I got there. You know, there, you know, as a director, you're the vision of the project. As a second unit director, you go and just solidify the shots that were done. So that was quite easy. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did the Honda motorcycle commercial a couple of years ago, that was fun. That was mm-hmm. right up my alley. So it's been, I don't think I've been on the only time I was uncomfortable directing a scene was 
There was a love scene in one of my films that was uncomfortable for me. Like an intimate scene. It was very, very intimate. I was very blessed to get love scene directing from Taylor Hackford, who directed Against All Odds and Ray. Mm -hmm. Mm. I'm pretty sure he directed Ray. Um, He coached me on how to direct a love scene because I had no clue and I wasn't going to pretend that I had a clue. So, Mm. So he... He coached me on that, but still it was it was awkward, but it was so, such a beautiful scene. Mm-hmm. I have to send it to you. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I mean, that's a skill. Uh, that's a different type of directing because now you're directing intimacy, you know, like. It is such a beautiful scene. Yay. We said yay. So job well done. <laughs> yes, job well done. Job well done. Job well done. Now, what about your consulting work that you do? Uh, you know, like I said, you're very specific about the styles that you like to work on when it comes to writing. But when you're consulting, what is that? How does that job entail for you? Um, well, I've done a couple of development gigs. I did a development gig over at DreamWorks, and it was very interesting and a learning process to see... What really goes on behind the scenes? Everyone thinks that, I don't want to say everyone, but those people that, those, that talent that's struggling to get there, it's a little bit more easier than you think. Mm. I remember um, an actress who had one role on General Hospital, because I looked up her credits, got a meeting with DreamWorks Mm. to pitch. Oh, to pitch a show. To pitch a show. And she also took a general meeting. And a general meeting is basically meeting with the production company um, to speak about your work or to see if the production company wants to hire you. It's usually the studios, though. Mm -hmm. What I learned there is your talent can really knock a door down. Mm -hmm. It's not that hard to get an agent. You have to do the work. You really do. A lot of people don't know where to start. Well, you know what? You can start with the Internet. The Internet is very resourceful. Um, I got my new manager because I went the back way to do it. I went on a job search website and I started applying for work as an assistant at production companies, which Mm -hmm. are half management, half production companies. Got an interview, but that wasn't what I wanted. My MO was to be repped. So I knew they wouldn't hire me because the, the pay wasn't what I was looking for. So I waited a couple of weeks I sent them a treatment and now they're my management company. Wow. So there are so many ways to go get a rep in this industry per se. Mm-hmm. Did I answer your question? Well, you went on and said some other good knowledge. So I was like, I'm going to just let her talk. I was like, I'm not going to cut her off because these are little nuggets that can help people. And I was like, oh, I was so intrigued. Oh, good. Hey. We started talking about oh, the original question was your first job. In the business. Oh, okay, yes. And how was that? But, I mean, hey, those are little happy tangents. I wasn't mad about that. Oh, okay, good. I approve if you started talking about, you know, well, I went to Ikea, and I was building my entertainment system, and then I realized that the DVD holder didn't really hold the DVDs. It only holds, pen- like, pencils. And then I would have been like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up. Wait, wait a, minute. a minute. Whoa. This is not an Ikea building podcast. Then I'm like, I that's cool, but... um. And note, I'm not going to be hiring you to build Ikea furniture, if you said that. <laughs> but no, I mean, that was a happy little tangent. I was I was not mad about okay, that good. one. That was, that's a I hope good I'm one. not chatty Kathy. No, you're supposed to be chatty. Okay. Yeah, like there are some people that say, oh, I like talking about myself. And they're just like going on. I'm I like, do. Hey, bring it. you should. You know, you said bring it. I do it well. You do. You do. 
You know, and so let's, all right, we're going to do a little pitch meeting, right? We're going to do a little mock pitch meeting, kind of, sort of, okay. not really, but um, we are going to cast your ideal, your project. Okay. With your actors and who you want to work with. Who's casting this? We don't even know what the story is yet, but you kind of know in your head, you have some stuff back home. You're going to cast your leading man. I mean, he doesn't have to be leading. You want to do all that, but let's cast it. People you want to work with. And it can even I, be behind the scenes, too. Like, if you want to, you know, co-direct with someone or maybe someone producing with you. Who knows? You tell me. I would love to work with Edie Falco because she brings it. And if anyone ever watched... Did you watch Homeland? I think I saw, like, maybe an episode. There was this one actor know. on there when the lead character was in South America. I need to find his name because I really would love to work with him. I would like to work with... Rupert Friend, who is on HBO. Okay. I think he is beyond phenomenal. Um, who else would I like to work with? Well, Bradley Cooper's cute. So, you know. That I mean, he could stand there and be eye candy, even if you didn't yeah. have anything for him. <laughs> have I mean, walk on and walk on. That'd be so perfect. Yeah. He's background in every scene, but featured a lot. He would be good. Um, Lucy Liu, because I would like to collaborate with her in a role she's never done before. Mm-hmm. Always wanted to work with Ludacris. Mm-hmm. Bow wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's as 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 redundant as this sound. I would love to work with Little Kim mm. because she has a passion for her music. She's going to have a passion for the role and put her in something that would shock the hell out of everybody. Wow, that's definitely different. Yeah, I mean, take the risk, go crazy or go home. Hmm. Now, I mean, since you mentioned it, now I'm curious, has she made any talks or said anything about doing acting? No, but if you look at the history of musicians, they all move over to TV film world. They They do. They all do. I mean, Justin Timberlake, Ice Cube. Oh, yeah. Uh... They all do. Ludicrous. Ludicrous. Bow Bow Wow. Yeah. You know, it's, is it, it's, sometimes I think it's, I think you outgrow music and touring. Mm -hmm. It's really hard on the body. And TV film is, I don't want to say it's a fallback, but you can still keep doing what you want to do in the line of entertaining. Yeah, I think that's what it is. They're still in the home of entertainment. I mean, it's it's, you know? a, it's a trend. You, you just look at it. It's a trend. Mm-hmm. That's oh, that'd be interesting, though. Yeah, I mean, let's put her in change. Go ahead it and do up. That. Yeah, you got to change things up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love to work with Lindsay Lohan, but she can't be bonded. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's right out the door. She was perfect for a role in a script that I had, but that'll never happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she can't be bonded. We gonna gonna pray for her. She gonna. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Save my prayers for someone else who needs it. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it real. <laughs> you said save it for someone else. <laughs> like, you're like, dear God, no, um, someone else going to pray for her. Okay, next person. <laughs> but keep it real. That's true. Keep it real. That is very true. So, okay, what's motivating you to work in this? Because you freelance. So I feel like you have to have the drive and you have to have the ba- the passion to work in this business. So what do you feel like, what motivates you just to stay in this? Um... You know, it's, it's any aspect of the industry, you, well, let me, how do I rephrase this? 
if you work in any aspect of the industry, you're still part of an industry that you like, whether you're just writing or you're just directing or you're just producing or you're supervising post. You're still in an area where where you actually like what you're doing. I like crazy ass films that you do not know the end to it. One mm. of my I have another film that I really like is Gone Girl. You had no mm. idea the girl was mm-hmm. She should have won the Oscar. She threw me a curve. I had no idea where that film was going. And films like that drive me to keep writing some crazy-ass, clever-ass shit. Mm -hmm. Like, continuously and collaborating with people that are smarter than me. I know that sounds convoluted. But when you work with someone smarter than you or know something that you don't know, it makes... Now I can learn. Someone who, when I'm smarter, what the hell can I learn? It's very true. So, I tend to want to collaborate with people that, and I don't know it all, but mm-hmm. I sure the hell know a lot because I've worked at pretty much, I worked at every studio except I've worked at every studio. All right, so you've been in this business. You've been staying busy. You've worked for different... You said every studio pretty much in L.A. Oh, you know what? My first job was at Saturday Night Live, but my first job directing was Laughlin, Nevada. I can't even imagine. I feel like (laughs) Saturday Night Live. Yes, I... Man, I just have a feeling that they are just (laughs) laughing every single day, but losing their mind every single day. You know, Saturday Night Live, it was a tough show because the talent comes in on Monday, if I remember correctly. The talent comes in on Monday. We sit down on Tuesday. They rehearse Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The audience comes in at 8 for rehearsal for a two-hour show. And those who don't laugh as much with, or, or eat skit that doesn't get enough laughs, they drop. And it becomes an hour-and-a-half show mm-hmm. at 11.30. And then it's mandatory that you go to the after party. You do that for 21 days straight, and then you have a week off once a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean. But I started as a receptionist, and then I was promoted to a uh, production coordinator. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was able, to be on, able to be on set. Mm. So that was my first job in the industry, actually. Oh, that was the, wait, that was the first job? That was the first, 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 first job in the industry. And I, when I was a receptionist, it was from 3 to a, three to midnight, and it was a car service home. And then I moved over to Saturday Night Live because Broadway Video owns, or Broadway Video is Saturday Night Live. Mm, wow. That's when I lived in New York. That was yeah. fun. Yeah. I, I would imagine that would be a fun show. That's a fun first job. You know, um... But was it, I guess it was still You busy. don't think, you know, it because it was my first job in the industry, you don't even, you don't think like that. Because in the summer, you find other work, which I was working for Cunningham S. Scott Slavin, which is a uh, talent um, commercial agency. So you don't, you don't think like that, because when I started as a receptionist, Martin Scorsese, Paul Schrader, Howard Shore, which is an Oscar-winning composer, we were all on one floor. God, just just remembering that was so long ago, but that was um, that was when the industry was fun. Mm. Now it's tough. Mm. It's it's long hours. Back then, it was you go play pool. You have pop. There's a popcorn machine. So that was different. Those are more laid back. 
It seems it like. felt like it was. It felt like it was more laid back. Hmm. It felt like it was more laid back. Yeah. Now, growing up for you, you know, I think we're going. We're like we start at the top. Of where you? What you're doing right now? <laughs> and then we slowly like going back to the beginning of Baby Lydia. Hey. Like. <laughs> so now, Baby Lydia's out into the world. Hey. <laughs> and did you come out and say, "Hey, hey, family, I'm going to be directing"? Because that's what you said in that kind of voice. Probably not. I probably but, did. Like, <laughs> I probably did because my second grade photo, I was. My photo was like this. So posing with the the James Bond kind of like you already that's your second grade picture I think like your school picture like the one that you sent home to your like your aunt and uncle you know it maybe can I'm gonna send you the photo send me this picture I have it on Facebook but my dad loved action films and we weren't allowed to watch action films so my dad would sneak and we would watch repeats of SWAT Spencer for Hire. Um, with Hawk, mm-hmm. remember Hawk, Spencer for Hire, SWAT. What was any of those other? Um, no, my sister liked Dragnet and Adam Twelve. I didn't yeah. like those shows, but I grew up watching those action films. Beretta. Mm. I never watched the Brady Bunch or Good Times. You know, I did, but it was all about the shows that came on at nine and ten, which were the action films. Hmm. So I grew up on action films. So you've already kind of set the, your mindset, your foundation mm-hmm. as a kid. I was either going to be a criminal <laughs> or I was going to go towards action. Thank you for not being a criminal because <laughs> this interview would not be happening. It's behind bars. I know. So, and I'm like, yeah, so guys, this is a new exclusive of my podcast. Never done this before. Locked up abroad. I know. <laughs> and I'm like, so we're going to be interviewing a director who's been arrested. Can you imagine me directing in jail? Wow. That would be hot. You said that'd be hot. Not committing a crime, not doing it. I'm like, maybe, I don't know. That's another chapter I have to brainstorm. I'm like, do I go visit them and do interviews? And that's like, but I, that's a whole nother. I don't, yeah, that's a whole nother yeah I, I don't know if that's my niche. I don't feel like that's mm-hmm. my calling. So we're going to retract on that one. Okay. That's, yeah, I, I prefer doing it this way. It's safer. And I, I think so. Yes, yeah, so I'm glad you, you didn't choose that career path. Cause, um, no, my first film was Suspense kind of action mm-hmm. you know yeah so when you decided you know to really you know when you knew that this was like oh i want to do entertainment i want to do directing i want to be a storyteller what was your family's reaction because it's not i always feel like it's not a career choice that parents are always like great go do this job that's not as lucrative or a nine to five ish you know my parents they're no longer with us but my parents always supported whatever I talked about it at the dinner table mm-hmm. and I would talk about some wild stuff. Mm. I remember, oh, I was a teenager. I want to drive across country. Who talks that? Who talks about that as a teenager? So my, I have, I think I had the best upbringing. I had really supportive parents to do mm-hmm. whatever I wanted to do, travel, do whatever. Cause I did some, some serious travel. I ended up in Budapest, Hungary, and my mother was like, huh? I was just supposed to go to Italy. <laughs> so, so you ended up in a different country. Like, you took a, continued your vacation? I continued with some people that I met. But industry-wise, my parents supported whatever their children wanted to do. I was one of the lucky I was I was very fortunate growing up. Very fortunate. Mm. Now, okay, if you were a kid, or even now... Uh, superhero power. What would you have? 
I would be super finance. Oh, because what's that? Like, what does that do? Finance everybody's movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would be super finance straight up. Mm. I would be super finance. Come to me for money. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to make my wedding a, a, a movie. Can we do that? Straight and, up, come for like, money. I want to come for you for money. Like, can you get come money for this? Can we, can we do this? We can do this because my other superhero is super finance. I also have a saying, and I also have a little bit of power and control of how the money is spent. Oh. Well, I mean, well this is fabulous. I just need fabulous, awesome, and unique. So there we go. Just dun, 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 dun. Yes. <laughs> so you're going to get this finance, so I don't have to dig into my extra little pockets? Is that what we're doing? Well, super You see how I just, like, twisted that? Totally like twisted it. <laughs> well, it would have to be clever content. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it would have to have a plot, a subplot, two twists, and a U-turn. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All then of, of a Lydia production. And murder, power, sex, and drugs. And mm-hmm. then I'm down. Bam. Bam. So people have ideas, though. Like, realistically. Like, let's say someone does have an idea. They have a script. And it fits this theme. And they're saying, hey, I, I want someone to produce. Would well, you do that? Well... Or is that not your... Do not come to me with an idea. Well, no, they have a final script. They have a final script, mm-hmm. and yes, absolutely. I would run with it. Mm-hmm. I would run with them with it. Mm-hmm. But You wouldn't run with, with their script <laughs> and then go down the street. I would also have to make sure that they're industry savvy, because I have had uh, experiences with not so savvy industry people and the outcome is not as I expected it. Mm-hmm. And that's being polite. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, you can start to tell people's personalities mm-hmm. and, yeah. and you know, you don't really want to judge people by their personalities, but sometimes you have to. Yeah. You get it? I mean, yeah, if you're going to work with someone, you have to, you, I mean, you have to know what you're getting into working wise. Like they're, their quirks, who they are as a person. Well, you can, sometimes you can look at their track record to kind of decipher that. But if you come to me with a amazing script and you're going to trust me with that script, I'm going to run with, we're going to run together with it. Mm-hmm. Run together. We're going to run together with it. But you have to give me that trust. Mm-hmm. That's true. Now, when you're not doing, you know, production or when you're not shooting something or writing, what is a fun fact? What is something that people don't know about you? Like, what do you like to do? Or like, a, can you contort? I I'm an avid bicycle rider. Mm. I have biked all over the city. I, the bike path, I love the ocean. I used to do a lot of, I've driven across the country eight times solo. Wow. Eight and times? Eight times. Um, one of my favorite times was driving from Los Angeles to Miami and I went through New York two months after 9-11. Wow. And this is just for pleasure for, this is just cause it was just pleasure. While I was on a trip around the world, I was, I, want, I was on week six. I was in Crete, Greece and 9-11 happened and I bought a one-way ticket to Athens for the embassy to buy me a one-way ticket back home. And at the time, you and this is this is a secret for you filmmakers when mm. you when you're in a country and you're and you're um 
can't afford to get back. Go to the embassy. They will buy you a way ticket. They will buy you a one-way ticket home, but you do have to pay them back. Oh. So I had the one-way ticket back to L.A., and I drove to Pennsylvania at a friend's house, parked a car, parked my car, took the train into New York, and driving into New York, for the, or taking the train into New York, not seeing the Twin Towers was the eeriest feeling. This mm. was two months after, and then I walked around the perimeter, and all I smelt was, you know, not to make this go, make a downer. No. But all you smelt was airline fuel and death. So I love road trips. Mm. I love road trips. I love biking and hiking. Hiking is my thing because you get to see the ocean. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's, I, I think it's very interesting because I always tell people to travel. I think that people mm-hmm. need to get out, you know, for people that live in their small towns, you know, just to just to see. I mean, that's good to to do the traveling. Mm-hmm. And like when you said you experienced seeing the, the, the lack of the Twin Towers, you know, and yeah. that was a part of your trip and your journey. And you that was something you saw. Yeah. And I've um, I went to Europe. We went I went with I went to Europe with uh, one of my best friends. He's no longer with us. Um for three months and we end up staying in Santorini for a year. Wow. So just staying like I just it impulse. Was, it's Santorini is one of the most magical islands in the planet. It's just, it's so beautiful and uh, who knows? I may retire there and buy a hotel or something, but just to be able to, we were traveling Europe for three months and we were supposed to stay in Santorini for two or three weeks and to stay there for a whole year, you're, I was in an amazing space. Wow. That's crazy. So you're doing this traveling. and That you, was a few years ago. Though. Yeah. 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 I had the right make sure I remember this name of this place. It's, if it's the most beautiful place, then... You should have your honeymoon go, there. I was just thinking that, but we're already talking. Remember we talked about playing the honeymoon? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So When people say travel, I'm like, huh? What? What are you talking about? You said yes. Okay. So I, I didn't forget. I didn't forget that. Thing. So yeah, we'll do that. But that's a whole nother. We'll talk about that afterwards. Um, so who are you traveling with? Is there a Mr. Lydia? <laughs> like I wear the Mr. <laughs> I always think it's interesting. Maybe it's just me, but I always find it interesting when I have my my uh, way to segue into people's love life. Um, so who's the Mr. Lydia? <laughs> Is there one? Well, you know, I'm testing the waters, the mm. oceans and the seas and the rivers and the lakes. <laughs> And the ponds and the waterfalls. Yes, the waterfalls. Find him in the waterfalls. I mean, I have a lot of male friends, but we're it's platonic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of dating. Mm-hmm. Taking taking a break, dating. Taking a break, dating. You know, I let them chase me, but I'm not running fast. <laughs> You're like, come get me. Wait, come get me. I'm here. I'm on break. I paused it. I'm on break. But now I'm going to keep going a little bit. Uh, Keep moving. So how do you feel like it is dating in entertainment? Because, you know, you do have the long hours. Do you feel like ultimately you'll be with someone that is in the business or outside the business? Or does it even matter to you? Sometimes it matters. Sometimes it doesn't. But it's finding the balance. And, And it can take months to find the balance because working in TV or film, it dries out your skin. (laughs) (laughs) It dries out your skin. You got to have it moisture. But I, but I think, you know, if you find, if if you can find the balance, 
because there's so much for television and film there's so much downtime television mm-hmm. you're down for the summer you're down for the holidays film you're always going after the next gig which I don't prefer mm-hmm. I prefer you know we all have that wish list you know six foot four you know looks great in a suit mm-hmm. but at the end of the day six foot four <laughs> good in a suit <laughs> plus chemistry mm-hmm. so you know, there's some options out there. Mm-hmm. I won't get into detail, though. Oh, okay. Oh, well, so maybe there is a little Mr. Liddy that's out there. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I love uh, I'm actually going to call whenever bang, I meet bang, him. Bang. You know? <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so when I meet Mr. Lydia at some point in your life, I'm going to call him probably Mr. Lydia, and hopefully... I love that. that. He's going to be like, what? I'm like, listen to the podcast. He'll understand. Exactly. I'm like, you'll understand why you're Mr. Lydia because you weren't your name before you were Mr. Lydia. So (laughs) I'm sorry. So until the rest of your life or my life, however long I end up knowing you, then uh, it'll be Mr. Lydia. Lydia. Yeah. So you tell him that. I definitely will. (laughs) And you can introduce him to me as that whenever I meet him. Mr. Lydia. And I'm like, oh, but only when he's like the one. And he'll get a kick out of it because in order to handle Lydia, mm-hmm. he has to be that type of person. But guys, mm-hmm. and I don't know why, my male friends tell me that I intimidate men, which I don't think is true. Mm-hmm. I'm open. I smile at them. So I don't know what that what that means. So it's not the, the serious or, I mean, I, you can curse on this show. So I, I curse. But like resting bitch face, it's not... It's like, I don't have resting bitch face. I don't think you do either. I have resting but diva face. Oh, I, I know that's right. She's like, it's a diva. Like, it's a diva. Hi. Like, Charlie's angel swing of the hair. Like doing one of these. Like, how is this intimidating? This intimidates you? Just the- well, someone who, who, someone who I trust said that to me. Mm-hmm. And then that made me work on myself to be more approachable. Because mm. okay. I, you know... I do listen to when people do say something to me. Mm-hmm. They may think I don't, but I, I do. I think when it's coming from a friend and when it's coming from a good place, then obviously yeah. they, you know, it's not like someone just saying just to be malicious or, you know. Yeah. It's from a good, warm place, you know? It's from a good, warm place. So I've, I've worked on becoming more approachable to people I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that man out there, that six-foot six man in a suit with chemistry. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. 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 <laughs> He's out there. There we go. Yes. So what, uh, you know, you want to get, where's your career? Like success. When is that to the point where you are happy, you are great and you're flourishing? What is that for you? Success has always been being able to do what I want to do, how I want to do it, when I want to do it. That Mm -hmm. is how I measure success. It's not a paycheck. It's not the Oscar it's not the Academy Award. It's smiling because you can do what you want to do when you want to do it, how you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Ding, That's ding, real. Ding. It, I mean, success is what you want it to be. I don't think, I don't think people fail. I think people are, people want to fight a certain level. Or they want to fight, people want to fight the good fight. Sometimes you want to go out at ranks, you know, you want to go out at round four, round five, round seven, and round four is success to certain people. Mm-hmm. I want to keep going till I can't keep going anymore. Mm-hmm. So I will keep the fight going. That's, to me, that is success. Mm-hmm. That's very true. So what do you have planning for this coming up year so people can know what to look out for, your projects, and 
all that jazz. Well, this TV pilot, I really want to be picked up. Or the rea- and or the reality show. I have another pilot on the back burner, but it's on the back burner for certain reasons. But this one pilot is hot. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, hot. It would be filmed in Toronto. I used to live in Toronto. Go, I lived everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Toronto because I know, I know Toronto, and I know this part of Toronto. Um, I'm hoping that gets picked up. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that gets picked up. I'm going to claim that out there. Now, just for our listeners and viewers, where can people find you on social media, the ones that you want to have out, like Twitter, uh, Facebook, or Instagram? I Facebook and Instagram is the same, because I like to make things simple and easy mm-hmm. for my followers. <laughs> oh, she put the sexy time voice on for you guys. And, <laughs> it's, and let me explain why it's MSS Lydia. Because Facebook would not let me put MS. So I put MSS Lydia. Mm-hmm. That's for Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And you can also check out my website at LydiaMartinelli.com. That's L-Y-D-I-A-M-A-R-T-I-N-E-L-L-I, LydiaMartinelli.com. And my production company, LaneCity.com. L-A-N as a Nancy, E-City.com. Check me out. Check, check, check you out. Boom, boom, boom. I yes. love, you know what? I fell in love with that song from Empire. Uh, I you know, really I've been did. listening to the songs on uh, Spotify because oh. now they're up on Spotify, the songs of Empire. Is that song on there? Ooh, um, I want to say yes, but I'll pull it up okay. while I'm getting ready so you can okay. see what's on there. Uh, so for you guys that are listening, obviously, you know, um, well, actually you can go on iTunes. I figure that's a better way to tell you guys where to find them on iTunes, water, wine time with Megan Weaver, love, life, and entertainment. This episode will be coming out uh, if you're, well, you know now, but, uh, and I am on Twitter and Periscope at bacon eaten Megan. And on Facebook, my fan page is I am Megan Weaver, Megan, I M E G A N. Weaver, W-E-A-V-E-R, and Instagram, it's Megan A. Weaver, and that is it, and also Snap, too, I've been snapping a lot, so, I gotta get one up with social media, yeah. I mean, I need to just hire an assistant to do that You stuff. do. oh, there's an app for that, but there's an app for everything, <laughs> there's an app for everything, but I just do it myself, because I have fun doing it, but I, you know, doing it a lot, and doing it regularly is very important, so, and, well, Snap is the same thing as my Instagram, Megan A. Weaver, Thank you guys for tuning in and watching and listening. Until next time on Water or Wine Time. Bye. Peace out.